0: Hi, this is Eric Chase, an afternoon host on Cumulus Media Toledo's Q105, and your host for 68 Words. Perhaps you saw the title and came for the legendary Butterburgers, but you'll stay for the inclusivity. Now hiring signs have been ubiquitous and staffing challenges seem unending. Neither has been much of an issue at Culver's and Finley because of their family-like work environment that you may be familiar with. But in this store's case, Danielle and her team had zero qualms that Chris couldn't see. My job developer, we had applied at 28 places
1: over 2 months period, and I had 14 interviews and got turned down every time they found out I was blind. We would walk into an interview, and of course I had my cane, and you could just hear it in their tone of voice. And my job developer even noticed it, but others just acted dumbfounded like, why are you here? People, places, and spaces doing disability differently share first-hand experience in our podcast. Inspired by the 68 words that sparked the disability rights movement, learn where it started, and what's next. Hi, my name is Stuart James, and I'm the executive director here at the Ability Center. And
0: welcome to 68 words. Please let me welcome, we have two guests, actually two and a half. <laughs> two and a half, two and a quarter yeah, guests yeah. today. Uh, please ma- let me welcome Danielle Doxy and Chris Depew from Culvers. We are not. We'll spend a little bit of time on butter burgers and maybe some of the secrets and beyond. Mm-hmm. But we're here to talk about. Um, I have to. Mallory and I both have to thank um, Tatiana Cash from WTOL because mm-hmm. she came and did a story about you guys and we're gonna steal all of her content <laughs> and go deeper into some of the questions that Good. she talked about in your story um, that we can dig into. And and the essence of her story was um, Culver's in Finley is extremely accommodating yes, um, to those with disabilities. And that's why you ladies are here, all three of you ladies. Asleep <laughs> now after, the, she's milk drunk. What's her name, Good. Danielle? Charlie, we have a six-week-old here. Um,
2: three-week-old. Three-week-old. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my days are off. Um,
0: welcome to all the beautiful ladies for visiting the podcast <laughs> Thank here you. today. Thank you. uh, Danielle, you're one of the co-owners, correct? <laughs> yes. Yep. A- and uh, one of your star employees is to your left. That's Chris. <laughs> yes. Yes, Chris. Uh, Danielle, how did how did Tatiana from W T O L? How did you guys get on her radar? Because this is. This is not a story that really raises its hand unless somebody's out there looking for it. And I don't, I, I know I have a friend over at WTL, John Monk. Mm-hmm. He's usually the person outside of like Lucas and Wood County. So, how did T- Tatiana end up on your doorstep asking you questions about disability?
2: Well, it was actually um, a guest that was just passing through, um, because our location is right off I-75, and he um, made a post on Facebook um, about his experience at our restaurant, and he um, just brought to light the fact um, that... uh, He was waiting on his food. His food was, he had a to-go order, and he just couldn't believe what he was witnessing and um, how no one else around him was noticing the fact that the person that was setting the orders, that was bagging them and putting them on trays, was uh, blind. And so um, he made that post and people, Ended up tagging me in it and tagging Culver's in it, and so that got a little. Um, it went a little viral. His post went a little viral, and then, um, yeah, she picked up on it and uh, came to our restaurant, and we did a little interview.
0: So I, I'm glad she did. I'm glad you're here. Uh, <clears> was <throat> that person do, uh, grabbing the orders? Was that Chris?
2: Yes. <laughs> yep.
1: That was Chris. <laughs>
0: Chris, um, you're one of the star employees there. You no. uh, are you co- are you completely without vision?
1: Yes, pretty much. I mean, I can just kind of tell if there's a light on somewhere, you know, that type of thing.
0: Tell me your story. What What is the, the name of the disease or illness or disability that you're battling?
1: Um, I have retinitis pigmentosa. You know, it's an inherited eye condition, deterioration of the retina. Uh, my mother, who's 93, she also has it. My grandfather had it. My great-grandmother had it. So, it's uh, pretty thick through our family line.
0: Did, how early in your life did you know that something like this was potentially inevitable for you?
1: Well, um, I was 30 and um, just had had my third child. And I was noticing um, the kids left stuff out, left the kitchen cupboard door open. Um, I was kind of bumping into things and stuff like that. And then with our family history, you know, I thought, oh no, you know, um, I wonder, because typically when you go get your eyes checked, um, they don't test for RP, you know, unless you've brought it to their attention. And um, and I had never wore glasses or anything. And so I went to my mom's, you know, our um, eye doctor and, you know, he tested me for it and he said, you know, unfortunately, yes, you you do have the same condition. But he said, um, you know, the good news is I don't think you'll ever go blind. And I thought, oh, okay, good. And I mean, I I could still drive and all that type of thing up until I got to be about 47. And then um, at that point, you know, I had some close calls, unfortunately, where, because you lose your peripheral vision, you know, to begin with. And so a couple times I got pulled out in front of someone and, and that kind of thing, and then that's when, you know, I went back to my eye doctor and he said, yes, it has progressed and now you are officially legally blind. And so, you know, I knew my life was about to take a drastic change, you know, even though, you know, I thought the way that first eye exam went that it was never really going to affect me, you know, because it didn't affect my grandfather till later in life, and it didn't affect affect my mom until she was like in her 70s, so it was kind of a shock, and he said, well, it's slow progressing, you know, and I thought, okay, good, but then, like I said, at 47, I I thought, well, I have to give up my license, and... um, you know, that that was devastating. You know, you lose all your independence, really. But thankfully, you know, I went and got a guide dog and, and proceeded.
0: No. Do I, I? could. We could spend an entire mm. podcast. I'd love to ask you questions, uh, mm. and I, I'm going to dig into something. Maybe we'll have you back for a second visit.
1: Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Mallory can get her culvers
1: Okay. Uh, so I'll keep this short,
0: because we can keep the focus yes. on, on culvers yes. and I'll bring Danielle back in in yes. a second. We can talk about your employment there. Yes. Uh, do your kids have this worry? Because if I was your kid, I'd be pretty frightened.
1: Well, when I went up to Ann Arbor, Michigan, right away, they said my kids had a fifty-fifty chance. But thankfully, as of now none of them are showing any signs and they have their eye exams and their family you know physician is aware of that because it kind of all begins at night with night blindness
0: when hereditary illnesses and diseases are not uncommon i know there was something that my dad always hammered me and my brother about a clotting condition um now that you're well aware of this and how how much it's been in your lineage um what do you tell other people who have hereditary horrors that could come down the pike just stay on top of it always get tested for what it could be
1: well i guess yes that you know but i mean with rp unfortunately there's no cure you know um i guess i just you have you know we never know what God's going to throw a, in our lives that we have to deal with, and you know, you just have to uh, go on.
0: We'll save that for the second podcast, and definitely bringing okay. you back, okay. Danielle. Okay. How long? How long has has Chris worked at Culver's?
2: It's been a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, started of June of twenty.
1: Yep.
0: And Chris, you if I got the number right, you had applied or went after about fourteen different places and they all turned you away?
1: (laughs) Well, I actually had applied at twenty eight places because, you know, I work with Don Coleman, who's my rehab counselor at the OOD. You know, I'd lost my job at Capabilities because of COVID and they downsized that position. So anyway, there I was without a job again. Because I really do need to need to work mentally and financially. So yes, uh, my job developer, we had applied at 28 places over two-month period. And I had 14 interviews and got turned down every time they found out I was blind.
0: Do you think that that was absolutely the root cause why they denied you employment?
1: Oh, it had to be. And my job developer even said that because like I said, I was just applying for dishwashing positions. Who can't wash dishes? You know?
0: I I I know a lot of teenagers who well, I know a lot of parents they might not
1: want to, right. But right yeah. Right.
0: You can, you just don't want to. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, so you know, it wasn't like I was trying to really get, you know, a top position. I mean, I felt like that's all I was probably going to end up with was to be able to wash dishes. And um, so, yeah, as soon as my job developer and I, you know, because they told me, OOD said, you don't have to disclose that, you know. And so we would walk into an interview, and of course I had my cane, and you could just hear it in their tone of voice. As soon as the, and my job developer even noticed it, you know, as soon as they would see that I was blind, then they would just say, some of them would kind of try to hide it. You could tell it, like, they would ask me questions and stuff, and like a normal interview, but others just acted dumbfounded, like, why are you here? Yeah. And I mean, specifically, this one place, it was, he was just like, he kept him-hawing and, and saying, wow, um, I give you credit for, <laughs> for wanting to work. You know, that's really admirable of you. Like, in other words, though, why don't you just sit at home in your rocking chair and be content? What can you do? You know, that's exactly. And he said, I'm sorry, but we just don't think we have anything that you can do. And I'm like, I can do anything the OD will train me. All you have to do is train me. I can do most things, especially worse dishes I do every day at my house. I have all 10 fingers. I haven't cut any of them off. And at that point I went to Don Coleman, my OD, and said, I am done. I said, I am going to just sit home in my recliner like my grandpa did and listen to the radio all day and probably lose my mind.
0: Were, I'd love to ask you, this is again, another podcast. This would be total, <laughs> this would be off the record, but I can't, you know, and you don't have to answer these, but the things rattling around in my head right now were, which were these places? And how many lawsuits <laughs> do you have pending? And <laughs> when are we buying the, the island next to Aruba? I know, Because I this know. is all kinds of discrimination. Like, it, sure like it checked every box. All right, we'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, What? What? Danielle, tell me the process of, of Chris becoming an employee now for about a year and a half at Culver's from your perspective. Yeah.
2: So um, when she applied, um, my manager interviewed her and she had applied for a prep position. Um, and so they she walked her through, her and her um, job coach walked through what prep would be, and they all kind of were – under the agreements that that would not be the right fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we prep a lot of our produce fresh and it's fresh cut and that those sort of things. So, um, and setting up the whole kitchen. Um, so it would just be a little more complex. Yeah. Um, but um, my manager, Sharice, uh, sat <laughs> down with Chris and her job coach and they kind of just walked through every position in the restaurant and said, you know, like, do we think this would work? And, um, you know, to Sharice's credit, she was Mm -hmm. the one that said, Hey, I think Mm -hmm. that set position would be something. And, um, we were all kind of like going back and forth, Mm -hmm. like, can this work? Will it work? Um, and even Chris was like, I don't know about this. Um, and yeah. And so they worked together, um, and, you know, with, the condiments and everything at the set mm-hmm. position, you know, they're always put in the same place. Everything's put in the same place, so she's memorized, you know, where all the sauces are and all of that. And um, yeah, it's been a really cool thing having her, and I'm glad that, um, you know, we decided to to bring her on
0: board. Chris, when you got to the restaurant or for the first face to face, did you hear a difference in, in the tone of voice, knowing that there was some potential here, <laughs> rather than some disdain or
1: Absolutely. surprise? The guest?
0: What was it like that first meeting?
1: Well, I mean, like we when we got to Culver's, you know, my job coach, we walked in, and of course, I had my cane. Well. the manager who interviewed me, she wasn't the one who opened the door. And so the person that opened the door said, go ahead and sit in that first booth. So we walk over there, you know, whenever I sit down, I folded my cane up and I just laid it on the bench because I guess probably in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I don't really, maybe I don't want them to see that cane, you know? And so I just laid it there. And when Sharice come up, She started talking, and it was just she didn't ask me anything about my vision, nothing. It was just like a normal interview. And I kind of thought when we left, and she kind of hinted like I thought for sure, you know, I was going to get the position. And um, so then that's the crazy part because then when I came back and talked to Danielle, which come to find out, she used to come over at my house when she was in high school because her and my daughter were really good friends. So I kind of thought, oh, I kind of have an in here, hopefully, you <laughs> yeah. know, and and that kind of thing, you know, because, like I said, I just thought, well, you know, I'm not wanting to be a manager or anything, so, you know, surely they'll let me do dishes or something. And But come to find out, like the other day, I said, Cherise, you know, after all this hoopla came about with the... Um, Facebook and posts and everything. I said, why, you never asked about my vision, you never asked what I could do, what I couldn't do. And I said, Why was that? She goes. I didn't know you were blind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look at at this rude lady wearing her sunglasses inside. Yeah. Take them off. Well, it was
1: June. It was probably summer. You know. I mean, and uh, sunny and stuff. So maybe she thought they were transitions or something. I'll ask this
0: question, and you ladies can decide who who answers it. How did the job offer come about? And then I want to know your your what your joy was like. What your first thought was, Chris. Okay, go ahead. You can.
2: Well, so for um, me and my mm-hmm. partner, we were kind of just <clears throat> going back and forth, and we were like, "Is this, you know, is this going to work?" And like I said, Charisse was like, "I really think this set." could be like she could rock it out on set and so um like I called my partner and we were talking about it and you know he was just like this was during you know when COVID stuff was still going on and so we definitely needed all hands on deck and he was just like (laughs) he was like you know like God's answering our prayers (laughs) and so like I think that we you know we roll with it and see see how it goes and and it's been phenomenal. So. Has sure all has. Of
0: her fingers. Yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yep. no, there's no condiments attached to any of her clothes. No, no. Chris when you got the job offer, what went through your head? What did your face look like?
1: <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I was just because like I said, I, I was I just thought I was going to have to be retired. I mean, I was overjoyed, you know, just because I'm a people person and I just knew that I had to be out around people and and I guess I also, you know, feel that since I'm in this situation that I need to try to encourage other people with disabilities and, you know, uh, like that little song, Let Our Little Light Shine, you know.
0: Uh, We have a woman that we're connected with here named Amy Reamer. uh, of all my visits here and, and time here what she said sticks with me the most and Amy lost uh, her shoulder down all the way her arm into in, a horrific aggressive mm-hmm. cancer and she's a great attitude and she's a wonderful human being but the line that she always that sticks with me is I'm the same as you I'm the same as you we just do things a little bit differently
1: yeah absolutely
0: um, Danielle, there's another gentleman there. Uh, his name is B.B. <laughs> Schneider, an 84-year-old gentleman, I believe, who has some, some challenges as well. Tell me about B.B.
2: Um, well, B.B. doesn't really have very many challenges. <laughs> yeah. um, he's 84. Uh, he's That's our, a challenge. He's, yes, yes, he's yes. our oldest employee. Um, mm-hmm. And we actually, <laughs> he he is a character. When I actually <laughs> interviewed him, um, his comment to me was, and I'm not opposed to moving up to management. <laughs> Um, You'll be and, working for me soon. And, <laughs> yes. um, but actually, we promoted him a couple of months ago to a shift leader. Um, and he works up to 40 hours sometimes a week for us. Um, and he's he's, he's amazing. A, yeah. He's an yeah.
0: inspiration. Yep. I also have a, a name here written down. I can't find that in the article, but it's written in my notes. Rick Sadler.
2: Mm. Yes. Tell Rick, me about Rick. Yeah. So Rick um, came to us. I think he's been there about two years, yeah, two or three years yeah. now. Um, and he he had worked um, somewhere else for over 30 years yeah. um, and mm-hmm. just decided to make a change um, and his dad was actually his job coach um, and so he came to work for us and we love having him there um, and the place that he used to be a greeter at the other place that he used to work and so um, there's people that come in all the time they're like oh Rick this is where you are you know and so oh, yeah. um, he sees lots of people um, all the time working for us now that, you know, people get a joy seeing him there because they weren't sure what happened to him.
0: What's Rick's disability, if there is one at all?
2: Um, He just, he, so he lives by himself, but he um, is just, you know, slower to, um, you know, he can't quite do everything by himself. Got it. So, yeah, but he does live by himself, um, but he, uh, his dad was his job coach but now he's fine being by himself in the restaurant and and he runs orders and um cleans the dining room and talks to guests and and does the hospitality part very well
0: what uh and and arguably that's i mean the food has to be okay you can't pick stuff up off the floor but (laughs) hospitality and service is uh is is so important in in any line of work what would you having been through this now and having people with I'm just gonna say the word misfits. Mm-hmm. You're collecting misfits because I like to. I, I, I like I, attract misfits as friends. Yes. I think I offended a couple of very good friends of mine. I was like, you guys are way too normal to hang out with. Me. <laughs> yes. Anyway, collecting this unique band of of characters in your cast. What would you? How has your mind been opened up and what would you say to other businesses who still have now hiring signs up who can mm-hmm. really use mm-hmm. like, I don't know, 10 or 20 Chris's?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the most simple thing to say is it's not hard. Um, I think there's just this stigmatism like oh we're gonna have to change everything that we have to do mm. we're gonna have to accommodate them um, but like Chris for instance, you know her being blind that changed nothing of what we had to do. all it did was made our communication better because with the set position and the main person in the kitchen the yes. which is called the middle person yeah. set and middle are supposed to communicate anyways so it just, mm made the level of communication that much better. And, um, you know, it just does a world of wonders, Mm. you know, because we we have, you know, as young as 14 year olds all the way to 84 year olds Mm. and, you know, abilities and from ranging from all different capabilities and abilities and um, it just does a world of wonders for everyone because it, yeah. it, it teaches everyone I mean I learn things daily you know um, and like having Chris Chris is such a joy to work with you know mm-hmm. because she has such a great sense of humor you know if, if something does get missed she'll be like oh I can't believe I didn't see that <laughs> you know um, and that's just you know that's yeah. something that you need in the workplace that yeah. that lighthearted fun
0: um after saying you have 14-year-olds to 84-year-olds and, and this array, I I believe in more now calling it a cast of characters yep. at the Culver's yep. and Finley. I almost so like think we should take some of this out so someone doesn't try to poach your employees.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have that happen. Unfortunately, we do. And um, I mean, I think that just goes to show, I mean, Culver's as a brand. I mean, people mm-hmm. know that Culver's is a brand. You know, we... We're we're open to um, you know having anyone join our team and and make yes. them a part of our family. You know our our job posting is true blue family member. You know, yeah. and I think it it creates a family because you know we are a family. Yeah. Yeah,
0: one nuts and bolts thing that I think we should go over because you've mentioned it several times. What the heck is the set position?
2: (laughs) So the set person (laughs) is the person that puts the orders on the tray. So um, when middle puts a ticket down, um, middle middle is the main person in the kitchen. So they're running the kitchen. So they're the ones that send the food out. Um, And so when they send the food out, they send a ticket with it. So the set person typically would read the ticket and make sure that everything is there mm-hmm. um, to put on the tray for dine-in or bag for to-go or drive-through orders. Um, well, in Chris's case, what the middle person does in the kitchen, so when they put the stuff down, um, they're called shoots. so they put the food down the shoot, um, and they put the ticket down and they'll say, Chris, you've got four boxes, you need two fries and a cheese curd, a ranch and a barbecue. Yeah. So they're listing off everything on that ticket for her. She's listening and she gets it all bagged. And then the runner, so the runner's going to be the one that gives the food to the guests, they'll just double-check everything, ask Chris, hey, is the ranch in there? Um, and then they'll run the order to the guests. Or sometimes Chris will turn around and uh, and hand the, the
1: orders to the guests as well. <laughs> or sometimes I'll say, I need a runner, please. And they'll say, Chris, you go ahead and run. It.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay,
1: you'll have to come find me out there. Find me. Um, we have a
0: blast. You mentioned it briefly. It was in the article that Tatiana wrote, and I think that this is there could be some lessons here for absolutely everybody because in any line of work, in in any relationship. Communication is often paramount. Uh, People have the best of intentions, but often can't communicate them well. You mentioned that having someone like Chris has made sure that your communication is always polished up and tip-top. Can you expound on that a little bit? Or Chris, maybe yourself, how you have had to communicate. Um, You speak very well. You're very eloquent. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the importance of communication.
1: Well, see, that's the thing, you know, and and through all this, you know, the Facebook and everything, I mean, it's all about the team because if that middle person wouldn't read me that ticket you know I wouldn't be able to bag the food so I mean they had to adjust that just for me they don't do that for anybody else anybody else just grabs the ticket and they do it and so I'm so thankful that that middle person and and I try to remember each day now when I leave to thank them because I'm sure that's an inconvenience you know it'd be so much easier to just put that ticket down Sure, but they have to read it to me and you know, so I'm so appreciative of that.
0: Danielle, how about your perspective as as someone that oversees a great deal of the operation, how have you noticed the increased level of communication has made the business a better one?
2: I mean, communication is key, as, you know, anyone would say, um, but it just makes things more fluid in the restaurant. You know, everyone, when you have everyone communicating to each other, mm-hmm. um, each position communicating to each other about what's going on, um, it makes everything go more smoothly.
0: Have, how, what's your employee and staffing situation been like over the last six months to a year?
2: um i mean we have applications coming in daily Good. <laughs> um, i think um our general manager today is his day off but he's coming in because he has five or six interviews set up so um you know i think just us being open to um you know hiring anyone at different levels of capabilities uh you know people see that and they say well maybe there is a place for me at callers yeah.
0: Uh, I don't think we have, I'm fairly certain we don't have a satellite facility in, in <laughs> Finley, but hopefully one of the things people can take from this podcast is now they're maybe going to bang down Mallory's door and Gay, go, hey, you have anybody looking for work that many people <laughs> might not usually consider? Yeah, yeah. Chris, I'm so glad that you joined along with this so we could hear your story firsthand. Well, thank you. Firsthand. Uh, let's have some fun things. Let's talk about <laughs> Remy, your dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's one of my favorite things. Oh, you know. Um, I mean, she's she's my eyes. Yeah. You know, I can travel independently. Um, you know, it makes a huge difference. You know, plus just the companionship and you know the unconditional love that a dog gives and and. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't be without a guide dog.
0: We mentioned uh, before we started recording that you would love to offer, you've offered her to Danielle at no cost, (laughs) in the (laughs) floors, which is a wonderful idea. But if there was, Uh if you had to run out of the kitchen for a moment or had to run outside, whatever it might be, and you left something sitting on the counter or the fridge was open, what would be the first thing that would go with my dogs? if there was a, a, a speck of peanut butter on the ground. But really like carrots and really oh, any crumbs? Yeah. What's the one food she loves most?
1: Well, you know, I mean, if you've had a lab, you know that they love everything and anything. <laughs> so that that's hard to really say. I mean, she gets as excited about her dog food as, <laughs> as you know, I mean, she scoffs it down, inhales it, um, as you know anything that i've ever given her Mm -hmm. so um you know up at leader dogs they said yeah just instead of really buying treats just give her some of her kibble so (laughs) so yeah she you know labs are happy-go-lucky and she just loves
0: anything where does she sleep
1: Right up against my back. So you sleep with her? <laughs> well, yes. yes. That's what I thought. Yes. I thought.
0: Yes. You said she's about 60 pounds, right? Yes. But in bed, it feels like it's 600 pounds? Oh, yeah,
1: because, <laughs> and especially when it gets to be between 530 and 6, and she wants to eat at 6, Yeah. she will start to push me with her feet and kick me to get me to wake up. And I'm already awake, but I'm I'm trying to keep her, you know, quiet until like six
0: they didn't they didn't you thought she was going to be your guide where instead you're really working for her that's
1: right yes (laughs) what's uh
0: what's your favorite item on the menu at culver's
1: oh boy well i would say all of them
0: you can only pick one
1: i know Uh, Well, it's got to be their signature butter burger. Okay. I've never had a better butter burger.
0: (laughs) Danielle, your favorite item on the menu?
2: Oh, I would have to keep it simple and say our crinkle cut fries, but (laughs) you've got to have the cheese sauce. Okay. The Wisconsin cheddar cheese sauce is what does it.
0: What made you dive into being uh, a proprietor of Culver's location?
2: Um, Well, I actually... um, went to ohio university and
0: sorry about saturday
2: <laughs> um <laughs> and i uh Hold on,
0: wait. So I, i'm cards. not snoring we got baby snores on the podcast <laughs> i'm not snoring i'm glad she's still sleeping Look, she is just is that what it's like when Remy's out like it?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she'll kind of. <laughs> she'll like kind of bark and make
0: squeals and. <laughs> yeah. Stop dreaming, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, And, and kick yeah, her feet. No, no you're the right. baby's got us. Yeah. What we'll, we'll got you into Culver's?
2: Um, so I went to college. I got a bachelor in hospitality management, um, and before I graduated, I was like determined to have a job before I graduated. <sighs> Um, And so I was home one weekend, because Finley's my hometown, and there was a big sign that said, Culver's coming soon, now hiring. Had no idea what it was, but I was like, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and apply. (laughs) Um, And so I applied for a management position and um, got the position. Mm -hmm. So I started my training with Culver's two or three days after graduation Um, and then so I went through management training and so I was able to be part of a process of opening the restaurant which is a very awesome and cool experience to take part in Um, and then in 2000 so that was in 2011 when we opened, and then in 2018 um, I had the opportunity to go through the Culver's mentor program um, which is a phenomenal program uh, for anyone such as myself. I mean, at the time, you know, I'm still fairly young. I like to consider myself young still. Um, And I uh, obviously don't have the money to just go ahead and open a Culver's, but um, Culver's has the cool opportunity that you go through a mentorship program um, and you spend time out in Wisconsin in one of their family restaurants, you go through classes um, and they kind of give you, you know, tools to improve and and let you know what you do great. Uh, So I graduated end of 2018 from the mentorship program and then um, in 2020 me and my husband officially became part owners of the location in Finley.
0: Uh, I know, as you probably know, and you've probably gotten comments, People from here, this area, would love to go. If they ever were down in Finley, many <laughs> of them would make a stop at the Culver's because we didn't have one for yes. a long, long time.
2: <laughs> yes, definitely.
0: Um, last couple of questions here. Ladies, again, thank you for being a part of 68 Words. We hope thank people always having. learn something. And you certainly provided a new perspective. We have never talked fast food before here. We now know what a set position is. <laughs> so thanks for being here. Uh, Danielle, I would say, what are you doing in your free time? But uh, you're holding her. <laughs>
1: Um, yes. Three others.
0: <laughs> Look, and three other kids? Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Our oldest will be six in December, and then we have a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and
0: a three-week-old. You are going to have to open another Culver's. Do <laughs> 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 they know they're all going to Culver's University? <laughs> no college. I mean,
2: our oldest enjoys going there, and she gets yeah. mad sometimes if she's not allowed to help scoop the custard. or <laughs> Yeah, so...
0: Chris, you do look phenomenal for somebody who uh, definitely perked Thank up when we you. talked about the food discounts there.
1: <laughs>
0: what do you enjoy doing in your free time?
1: Um, well, my day just is pretty much getting up and going to work and having a great time there and then coming home and, um, you know, hanging out. I take care of my 93-year-old blind mom and, um, and my dog. And of course, kids and grandkids.
0: How how old are your your kids and grandkids? Uh,
1: I have a son, thirty-eight. A daughter that will be thirty-five, the thirteenth of December, and then a daughter that, are thirty-seven and a thirty-five yeah
0: do they all 13 grandkids they all live most of the family live near or around you
1: Uh, i have a son in macomb so that's close Uh, he has four kids i have a daughter in florida she has five kids and a daughter in troy ohio with four kids
0: danielle she needs a
1: raise (laughs) (laughs) I, i know i was telling her about grandkids i can't buy my My kids, you know, uh, Christmas presents anymore. I got thirteen grandkids.
0: (laughs) Really, grand? The granny, grandma. What do they call you? Grandma. Grandma. Grandma, mm-hmm. again, we're Culver's gift certificate for Christmas. <laughs> Danielle, Chris, thank you so much for the oh, visit. Thank, thank you for you having us. This. this is Chief Armstrong of Toledo Fire and Rescue. 68 Words has been a production of the Ability Center, hosted by Cumulus Media's Eric Chase. Engineering provided by Will Mellon and executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other inquiries, please contact info at AbilityCenter.org. Until next time, think differently. Don't think differently.